Welcome to today's Software and Electronics Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm Sean Heath, and today's conversation is with Michael Daugert, the Vice President of Sales, Marketing, and Strategy for CropX. Michael, how are you today? I'm doing great, Sean. Since the first farmer put seed to soil, it's been nothing but innovation ever since. However, I don't really know that anybody ever expected this phrase to be uttered. Let's talk about the Internet of Soil. That really, that's absolutely a crazy sentence, and yet it's something that you at CropX have brought to life. So that's a teaser. Before we get to that, do me a favor. Kind of give me a little bit of your background and how you wound up at this kind of revolutionary point with this company. All right. Let me, I, I, it's, a, it's a quick story, but a, a pretty adventurous one. So I actually... Uh, have a BS in plant and soil science from UMass and a PhD in agronomy from Cornell. And after I finished school, I actually took the job as a farm production manager. And we, uh, we actually grew fresh herbs in the Bronx and in a small farm in Puerto Rico and sold them in New York City. And that was in the 1980s. And, uh, since then, I've worked for uh, irrigation distributors. I worked for a greenhouse importer. I actually uh, sold irrigation supplies and lived in Saudi Arabia for four years. Um, I, I came back from that experience and decided to get out of irrigation. I actually worked as a chef and owned my own restaurant for another six years. And... Uh, Kind of got back into irrigation and uh, worked as director of marketing for Netafim USA and uh, actually lived in Israel for a year. And, you know, they, they always say, like, success comes from, you know, you need to have failure from success. Well, I, I you know, success comes from failure. And uh, I uh, was actually let go by Netafim. They decided to go in a different direction and didn't want uh, a uh, U.S. person necessarily working in their uh, home office. And I, uh, after working in uh, various, helping out various startups, I actually landed with uh, CropEx. And uh, this was kind of my dream. I love entrepreneurial. I love, I love the can-do attitude of startups. You, uh, you know, a problem is something to, a cha- is really a challenge. And when you're with a startup, all challenges are, are fair game and people work hard to take them on. So it's a lot of fun. Let me just point out one thing. So you were a chef for six years, which means not only were you able to cook the dish, but you were able to provide your own herbs for your own dishes, right? That's got to save money. Well, it did. It did. I think it's more in terms of flavor. For me, it was more in terms of getting great flavor uh, than it was about saving money. I mean, yes, it does. You do save money. But you also, I think as a challenge, you have to take what it gives you. So, you know, this was in the uh, Northeast. And so not everything grows year round. And, you know, you there are some herbs you can harvest through the winter and some that flourish in the summer. So you end up working uh, your meals around what's available as opposed to 
hey, I'm going to make this dish and I have to have this herb. So it was more about freshness and, and a challenge of working with what you got. Talking about saving money, that is a segue to my actual first question. It's expensive to water crops. Fresh water has to be one of the highest costs for someone in the farming industry. CropEx directly addresses that particular concern for farmers. Uh, yes, we, uh, you know, uh, first of all, yes, water is on the minds of everyone and is certainly on every farmer. Uh, depending on the crop you grow, water is one of the top three expenses you have behind seed and fertilizer. So it's definitely uh, can be expensive, although in some areas it's less expensive. And for more valuable crops relative to the price of the crop, water is not that expensive at all. Um, and, and I think one of the things to understand about water is it's not the same across the country. Uh, as you move from west to east, uh, and I happen to be in the west now, but as you move west to east, there's more and more rainfall and more and more natural water available. And so as, as you get to where there's more natural rainfall, just because there's natural rainfall doesn't mean that there's not dry periods. And, and in, in, where you do have natural rainfall, you, water is really an insurance policy. Irrigation is an insurance policy against those bad years where you might have a drought and you still need to do production, and it helps even out your production. As you move further west, water, of course, becomes a necessity. And out here in California, you know, there's many crops. Most crops you cannot grow if you don't have water to irrigate them. There is some crops you can grow without irrigation, but for the most part, you have to have it. And so when you have to have it, then you have to have that expense. It's not an insurance policy. It's actually built into your your budget. And of course, just like everything else, like fertilizer and everything else, you're watching your budget and you want to make sure that you can uh, get the most uh, efficient use out of, out of this resource. So I grew up in the southeastern United States and I have uh, some family members who were uh, cotton farmers. And my grandfather always used to love to make the joke that if a farmer wants to know what the weather is, he just sticks his head out the window. Um, there's a lot of rule of thumb. There's a lot of eyeballing things. There's a lot of you just have to know it uh, that used to be the rule in farming. But now as technology comes along, it makes certain parts of a farmer's life easier or at least more manageable. And at least there's not a lot of mystery. And I would imagine that knowing how much water you need to put on a crop is a skill that's learned throughout generations of farming. And CropEx seems to address that problem. Right. So, so, you know, the most common way and actually still probably one of the best ways to measure water. And, you know, some farmers will say, Hey, you got to kick the dirt. And, and that's true. It, with, when it comes to water, you typically, you know, dig into the ground with a little tube and you take out a soil sample and you feel it in your hand and you can feel, is it wet? Is it dry? And this is still what most farmers do. This is an excellent technique. I would never say that you should stop doing this. CropEx is trying to produce sensors that are inexpensive enough and, and easy enough to use 
so that when you can't get out there, because of course in the middle of the growing season, things get pretty hectic, hectic, we can, you know, we can tell you, hey, this is how much water you have. We're not trying to tell you, hey, don't go and do what you've done for a hundred years. That's actually a really great technique. It's just that we know you get busy. We can fill in some of the points so you can kind of know when when to irrigate. Uh, and we can go beyond that and and maybe start asking, answering some questions like, you know, this part of my field in a wet year, this part of my field produces really, really well. But in a dry year, this part of my field doesn't produce very well at all. And and by looking at the moisture content in the soil, maybe the temperature of the soil, and frankly, CropEx is working on other things like the salt concentration of the soil, you can start answering these questions that you won't get from just feeling the soil with your hand. What why is my crop doing better at this part of my field in a wet year and not as well in a dry year? And so we're trying to get down to answer the more fundamental questions, not just when do I irrigate or how do I irrigate, but how do I actually maximize the production of my crop? It sounds like a way for a farmer to basically multiply himself. He can be in several different spots of his fields at any given time of the day. If I understand the technology correctly, it's something that could be accessed through a smartphone or a tablet, and then the farmer would be able to have real-time data on what's really going on out there, and whether he has 20 acres or 1,000 acres. And, and that's exactly right, Sean. There's a, uh, you know, depending on the size of the farm and how many people are working, many, many uh, farmers look at this technology as actually a labor savings device. You, you put it as multiplying themselves, but the idea is you ha somebody is generally in charge of irrigation. Sometimes it's the farmer, sometimes he hires someone. But having this technology, which you're exactly right, can, can be fed into any smartphone, tablet, or computer, you can make these decisions and make smart decisions, but also make quicker decisions and actually make, more, make yourself more efficient, make your time more efficient looking at, rather than driving around and checking every field, being able to go and say, hey, I can look at this field. This field needs water. This one doesn't need water. This one's finishing up. And, and really plan around a schedule and make your labor, whether it's your personal labor or whether it's hired labor, much more efficient. You know, you talk about uh, increasing the speed of things. What other sort of changes do you see coming with regards to this sort of blend of software and farming? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that there is an amazing opportunity here. And, and it's, gonna, it's not going to happen right away. But the opportunity is, is, is similar to the opportunity of, of creating the first smartphone. You know, what that was, you know, if you actually think about it, it basically hid all of this technology behind a phone and and made it simple and easy to get the information you need, whether it be emails, whether it make a phone call, whether it record phone calls, you know, you're, go to the internet, shop, buy, everything that it's used for. This kind of simplicity 
is just starting in farming. This kind of taking technology and making the output simple for people to understand, farmers to understand, is something that to me is is really in its infancy. And part of it is because, you know, as as important and as big as farming is relative to the amount of 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 equipment that's going to be bought, it's still a fairly small market. So I, I don't think that, you know, the the real kind of simple technology has taken off yet, but this is the big opportunity is how do you take these complex decisions? And if you think about it, you know, you know, farmers are making hundreds of decisions a day. How do you take these the decision making process and simplify it so they can make better decisions and and be more confident in in the decisions they make. You know, in most populations, and by that I mean in in specific industries, technology is usually adopted more readily by the newer generation in any given field. Normally, you would think that in agriculture that would hold true, but based on my experience with farmers. They're so level-headed. If you can actually show them that something new and advanced has an actual benefit, they won't hesitate to use it. They're just too smart to not use something that helps make their jobs easier. So that's that's exactly right. I mean, farmers are some of the most innovative group of like industrial group, if you want to refer to it as it's not really industrial, but but they're as as a group. Farmers are tremendously innovative. They're always looking for something that can give them an edge, something that can help them produce better, something that can help them make more money or something that can help them reduce risk in this inherently very risky business. And, and, and I think they are, it, it's not an age thing, although you do see, you know, many times it's the, it's the children who are kind of driving the old man to say, hey, you, sh- you need to try this or you need to look at this. But in terms of looking at the appropriate innovation, farmers of all age are always looking for that edge. And, and it doesn't matter if it's technology or if it's a new idea on how to uh, improve microbial activity in your soil or things like this. Farmers are looking for this edge and... Uh, and they're very excited about trying it out. But it still comes back to you have to make things simple. Uh, I, I remember hearing one time, and this, you know, when, when Apple was working on, on the iPhone, and even when they work on new technologies, that, that when, you're, <laughs> when you're learning something new, it doesn't even matter if you are a Nobel scientist. When you're learning something new, you tend to learn things on the fifth grade level fifth, sixth grade level. This, everyone does that when they're, tr- when they're learning something new. They actually get back to that level. And so the key is to really provide something that is intuitive enough that you know it, a fifth and sixth grader can use it, and then anyone can use it. It, 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 it just hits the sweet spot of the learning curve. And this, to me, is the real goal with this technology. It's not whether or not somebody wants to adopt it or not adopt it, if it's easy to adopt and, you, and you've and you really made it intuitive, then anybody can adopt it. 
What are a few changes you see that are coming probably more quickly than most people realize in the farming industry within the next, say, two or three years? I think that there's a real uh, focus on the growing crop. And this is where it comes back to this internet of soil concept. There's, there's a lot of understanding of, of the soil and people take samples and they, and, and they can define what the field looks like and the different soils and you can define the topography. But that tends to be, you, you tend to be doing this analysis when there's no crop in the soil. Well, when the crop is actually growing, there's very little data coming out of the field. Okay, sometimes if you run a sprayer over, or of course, when you're doing your seeding, you get information from your seeder. When you're doing your harvesting, you get information from your harvester. But there's, other than people walking the field and doing a lot of manual tests, and sometimes not so manual, sometimes they are doing electronic tests or they're doing sensor type tests, but it's not a continuous kind of data flow. And I think the real growth, particularly on the agronomic side, because there's a whole you know, set of growth that's occurring on the business side and how to better manage your farming business so that you can be more profitable. But on the production side, there's a whole focus on this, you know, what is, what's happening in my soil and in my crop and in this crop-soil interface that actually is allowing me to produce more. What's, what's going on? There's genetics, there's fertilizer, there's water, there's the environment. And, and this is, I think, the big, the, the kind of big growth area where you're going to start seeing some fa- fantastic things. You know, satellite imaging, drone imaging, sensors in the soil, sensors in, on the plants so that you know, you're not just looking at the soil, you're not just looking at how much water is in the soil, but you're looking at, at that level of water, what, how is my plant response? Is my plant stressed? Is my plant happy? And can I actually put on a little less water and still keep my plant happy? This kind of, you know, interface between measurements and the soil and the air and visual images to actually what's happening in the crop, this is the thing that's going to take off. And you're going to see, you know, yields increasing or continue to increase. I mean, yields have been increasing for decades through things like improved fertilization, improved genetics, and you're going to see that also from improved agronomic practices as well. Based on the reports that that have been done on CropEx, on Wired or Fast Company, even in Forbes, you guys are positioned to be a, a major player in the well, I would say in the future of not agroeconomy, I mean, if that's not a word, I think it should be, but in the question specifically of adaptive irrigation and of this crop management, maintenance, monitoring, I think it's going to be nothing but good things for you. And I really want to thank you for taking the time for me today. Today, I've been speaking with Michael Dalkert, the Vice President of Sales, Marketing and Strategy for CropEx. Michael, thanks so much for your time. You're very welcome, Sean. It was my pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. Have a fantastic day, and I look forward to talking to you again down the road. Okay, great.